Blog Talk Radio. calories and sugar intake and cholesterol, all that crap that makes going up kind of sucky, but at any rate, thank y'all for tuning in to the podcast. This is Scott Burks. I am the author of the sports ball called The Clown Times. That's called Spell of a K, and of course, this is the podcast partner called The Clown Hour. You can find my sports blog on the web at www.theclowntimes.net, and you find me on Facebook. Just uh, do a search for... Um, in the upper right, I'm sorry, in the upper left-hand corner, or you're on your laptop, smartphone, desktop, wherever, just type in the Clown Times, again, it's Clown Spell with a K, you'll be finding me there as well. We are actually going to talk some, uh, we actually got a busy busy uh, show this evening, we're going to talk some NBA, NFL trades, both the Cleveland Browns firing Hugh Jackson. To uh, talk some um, college football player rankings. Of course, it's the first college uh, football rankings that was published like um, uh, last evening. So we're going to get into all of that and everything else. And first of all, we're going to break down the NBA with a colleague of mine, a buddy of mine, who I've done radio shows with in the past. Um, and uh, his name is uh, Jared Singleton. Uh, he hosts a show called um, uh, 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 the, uh, the Weekend Adjustments that's, that's every Saturday from 10 to 12 uh, on AM 1450, the ticket, uh, out of Hamilton. So if you have a chance, go check him out there. I think his show is on a hiatus at the moment, but he's going to get back in the saddle. Uh, so, he's, so, so he's actually going to be the leadoff guy. Uh, so he's going to try to call in, and we're going to talk to the NBA. But uh, – and next, we're going to do some NFL and college football playoff rankings with my guy, y'all know him, Dwayne Nash, uh, who, who's the creator of of um, the Yard Slash HBCU Sports, where he breaks down all things HBCU Sports, as well as uh, Sleeves Radio or here on Blotter Radio every week as well. Um, but anyway, uh, he's trying to call in. He being Jared is trying to call in. Uh, Apparently, he's technical difficulties trying to call in, so he's going to keep trying. Why he's keep trying? I was going to just get into some NBA uh, right quick. <clears throat> Look, I know. I mean, the they, I mean, but like, uh, first of all, we're barely into the NBA season, right? And of course, it's exciting. You know, playoff. I mean, you know, uh, storylines abound. Like LeBron being in LA, how is he going to do in LA? As well as what was San Antonio look like without? Kawhi Leonard and what's Toronto going to look like 
with Kawhi Leonard, stuff like that. And we're only eight games in for the most part, but, you know, of course it's, it's exciting because, you know, it's the NBA. It's fantastic. Um, I just want to just address one thing to Lakers fans. It's just too damn early to panic, okay? Again, you're eight games in. And I know you're sitting, you're not sitting that well. I mean, you're, what, three and five on the season? But look at the bright side, folks. I mean, for one thing, or two and five, excuse me, for one thing, you didn't get blown. Your team hasn't gotten blown in any games. You got, your team has been in almost every game. I mean, look at the point differential. I mean, it's only a point zero four. I mean, a zero point four rather point differential. I mean, you're giving up 122.4 points while you score 120, 122. You're not getting your ass kicked. I mean, you, 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 your team is competitive. It's just that it's going to take some time. Just like it took LeBron's time when he went to when he took his talents to South Beach to join Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. You remember they go up to that horrible nine and ten star, eight and nine star, I think it was. LeBron quote unquote accidentally bumping Eric Spolstra and Hello that came against the Mavericks earlier that season. I think they were one point with eighteen and twenty perhaps before they just took off. They figured it all out and they took off. And same thing when he went back to Cleveland. Um they got off to a slow start his first year back in Cleveland before they took off and eventually winning the national, I mean, national a world championship for Cleveland and the same in Miami. So it's going to take some time, okay? Again, you're just seven games in. It's going to take some time. I mean, I guarantee you, if you look at the stats, I mean, the Sacramento Kings right now is like a playoff team. They're the, they would be the eighth seed. But do we really think the Sacramento Kings are going to really finish in the playoff hunt? I mean, come on. Again, that's why I say it's early. I mean, say with the Memphis Grizzlies, they're like sitting in the fifth seed right now at four and two. It's early. It's so, so early. So I wouldn't put any stock in that. Just hang in there. I will say this, though. LeBron realizes that a lot of the young players in the Lakers, they don't have that dog in them. I mean, I mean sure, there's Brandon Ingram. He's playing better. And there's Kyle Kuzman. Of course, there's Lonzo Ball. But those guys, those guys are so young. They're not ready. They, I mean, eventually it'll take some time, I guess. But they don't have that dog in them. What I mean by that is they don't have, like, they don't have um, anyone that LeBron can say, okay, cool. I know you got this. I know you got this. You know what I'm saying? So until he gets that, it's going to be some growing pains. Those guys have to learn. I mean, you know, uh, head coach Luke Walton, he hasn't been in a situation before. He's going to have to learn LeBron. He's going to have to learn uh, balancing those, those veterans, Minnesota along those veterans like Rajon Rondo, uh, uh, Lance Stevenson, who's been playing well, by the way, and also uh, the likes of, um, of JaVale McGee, who's also been playing well. So it's that balance between the veteran toughness and Michael Beasley, too, for, to an extent. It's, it's, it's a delicate balance between the actual uh, veteran, the toughness of a veteran team with the young cats that they have right now. I think the Lakers are going to be in the playoffs. I picked them to be the third seed. And I know I seem to sound crazy right now, but, again, it's early. If, 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 any, if history teaches anything, let LeBron James and them 
are going to find a way to figure things out. He, he always does. Again, he went through this in Miami, his first year in Miami, and he went through it his first year back in Cleveland. And it all turned out pretty well. They all, both those years, they end up in the finals. And I'm not saying that LeBron will end up in the finals. It's like it's in the finals because the Western Conference is that much tougher than the East. I mean, hell, they got to beat this team, then the Golden State Warriors first, right? And even to extend the Houston Rockets, which I'll get to them, those, those fools, and, man, they're underachieving like crazy. But at any rate, I, I think the Lakers are going to be fine. I think the likes of Skip Bayless is, taking, is reveling in, 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 in watching LeBron struggle with the Lakers. But, excuse me, I just, you know, I think that once LeBron gets in cruise control, he'll go they'll soar past Skip Spurs and get that third or even that fourth seed. Either way, they're going to be fine. They're going to be making some noise in the Western Conference sooner rather than later. What I want to get to, though, and I know, again, I know it's early, but I'm marveled at the way the Milwaukee Bucks are playing. They're seven, they're freaking 7-0, and oh, and they're making it look easy right now. You know, I know they beat Toronto the other night, Sands, Kawhi Leonard, and really they, you know, Milwaukee didn't have uh, – uh, um, you know the the uh, the geek freak Giannis. I'm not even gonna try and pronounce his last name, but uh, at any rate, the thing is, is that I think that that Milwaukee's gonna be, be fine. I think I print them to be better, but the thing is, is that um, is that you know I didn't expect them to be this good, and you know, I know they got Bodenholzer from Atlanta, and he's a damn good coach. He comes from San Antonio's first system. I just think that, um, you know, again, I, again I, I, I'm trying not to get all hot up over the Bucks because, like I said before, it's early. But at the same time, you got to get process to process due. They got a great coach in Boulder to go with a squad that's in this Giannis, you know, they have a Milton and Malcolm Brogdon, a bunch of good players, Eric, uh, Eric Bledsoe. Um, it's just, just, it's just crazy. Uh, I think Jared's having some difficult. We got having some difficult difficulties I'm trying to bring in Jared, but hopefully you'll be able to join. If not, then we we'll have to do an encore with, uh, with him sometime next week. Um, but speaking of Kawhi Leonard, I, I like what I like what's going on in Toronto. You know, I know the GM uh, Majai. I, uh, like uh, usually, uh, my job, I think is his name is. I know a butcher's name, but at any rate, I, I know his his main thing is to um, try to 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 make Kawhi stay. But uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of Stan, he's in. Welcome, Jared. <laughs> Glad you're God, how are we doing today, brother? Um, I'm good, man. Sorry about the technical difficulties because. Uh, you know, I'm, not many people want to hear my voice go solo, so I'm glad that you were able to come in and help me out. But thanks for hanging in there. No right problem. With the um, technical difficulties, brother. Um, yeah, I mentioned, I talked about the Lakers earlier. I thought that it's too damn early for Lakers fans to panic. And I think it's too early oh, for people too to early. bury them. I'll uh, skip Bayless. Um, but but, but, but before I go on, give me your take <laughs> on what's going on in L.A., and and can you also assure the fans and the, and the people listening to the podcast why they'll be okay? Can you please talk Lakers fans off the edge and help me out on that? 
First off, the Los Angeles Lakers knew, along with, okay, for a long time back uh, in the Kobe Bryant era, I referred to Mm -hmm. the Los Angeles Lakers as the Los Angeles Kobe Bryants. And as for (laughs) now, I'm going to refer to them as the Los Angeles LeBron James, which is fine. It's it's cool that, you know, he's the man that they signed, and, and that's fine. Uh, let, let's be real with ourselves, though. The Rajon Rondo experience isn't meant to be with LeBron James. Um, yeah. That as for the better fit, um, Lonzo Ball is is a much better fit because he's less selfish. And I mean, yes, right. Rajon Rondo racks up assists, and I, I, you know me, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, and I love the year that he played for the Bulls. I thought he played very well with three ball-dominant players, and he was the one that needed the ball in his hands the most to be effective, and he was the one that had the ball the least. So that being said, when you look at L.A., this year's not – they're not contending for a title this year. Everybody knew that. Magic knew that. LeBron knew that, even if they had Paul George with him. Like, it's it's Mm -hmm. not a team that's built to beat Golden State. It's a team that's – built to get better this year and hope right. Clay Thompson gets tired of being the fourth fiddle or the third fiddle, whichever right. one you want to, you know, that's it's debatable either, that Draymond Green decides he wants to finally get paid and that Kevin Durant goes <clears throat> elsewhere. It, right. it's, it's a team that's built to outlast Golden State, not beat Golden State. Yes. That's, yes. that's period that's end of story. Point. And that's the point, and I'm glad you said that because it's like people tend to forget that. I mean, no, everyone in the mama knew that the, there was no way in the hell the Lakers going to going to overtake Golden State. We all knew that, right? No, and, no, no, you are correct. We all knew that, but certain people in the media—I won't mention the names—they they 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 thrive in the hot take business, and I'm like, come on, dude, y'all better than this. I mean. Well, if you if you want a hot take, I'll give you one. I mean, the Spurs are going to be the third seed in the West. Oh wow, that's a hot take. <laughs> that's indeed a hot take. But how is that? I'm not that, saying that, they're that, going that, far in the playoffs. Right. I mean, the the re, the reason I say that is because they're a team that's built for the regular season. I mean, right. Pop Pop just you know everything Popovich does is get to the playoffs. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily – and now he's not having to rest his key players. That's the big thing here. Right. He, he doesn't have 35-year-old Tim Duncan, 38-year-old Manu Ginobili, and 40-year-old – well, I mean, not 40-year-old, but, you know, whatever, 35-year-old Tony Perr. Like, he doesn't have those guys now. Now he's got young guys, and it's a shame that DeJounte Murray's out for the season. But, I mean, the, the guys that they have in place, DeMar DeRozan, for all that he is, the man is still an all-star. He still he right. still made multiple all-stars, and I don't know why everybody. And, and let's think about this: Chip England is probably the best shooting coach in the entire game of basketball. And guess what team he works for? The San Antonio Spurs. So I mean, <laughs> if anybody's going to fix the shot of Demar Derozan, don't you think he's the best in the business? Right, right. Well, at least one would think, right? So, uh, <laughs> one would think. Yeah. Now, that's as for how I, far I, that's going to hold up, I don't know. Right. Right. Of course. But I, I firmly believe that. So, 
there's my hot take for you. There you go. Bum, bum, bum. Hot take, hot take, hot take. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. That's why it's an 82, it's a freaking 82 game season. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's a bunch of ebbs and flows. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, looking at the standards right now, dude, do we actually think Sacramento is going to maintain the five and three pace? Do we really think that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be still be the fifth seed when all is said and done? I mean, seriously. I, so, uh, if they're if they're healthy, if they're healthy, they play a style of basketball that can get the five seed in the in the postseason. Not necessarily win whoa. them anything in the postseason, but they can get in because they play that kind of style. And man, I who you are, Marcus All and Mike Connolly are worth five to fifty wins if they're healthy. Other, mm. mm. you know what? I mean, Connolly can ball, and we forget about Marcus All, right? Like from last year. I mean, yeah, the, like like the grindhouse, you know. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's a it's a style and it's a way of playing basketball that just like the Spurs is built regular season. It's not necessarily built for the postseason, but it's built to win mm-hmm. a bunch of ball games. Right. Right. I feel you on that. So, I mean, that's why... I, I mean, I'm just saying, they could do that one. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. I mean, I mean, I mean, Gasol and Connor, they're not scrubs. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, I know they were hurt last year. Uh, they were riddled with injuries. So, we'll see what happens. Oh, with all year. Guys. But what do you think about the going to the East now? What do you think of Milwaukee and Toronto right now? I, I think Toronto's legit with with, with with Kawhi. You know, he, he likes to go along with um, Kyle Lowry and George Ibaka and company. But how about Milwaukee right now? Again, it's early. But the 7 and uh, they won big last night without Giannis. So what are your thoughts on Milwaukee? If there's one coach that's going to get the best out of Milwaukee, it's probably Budenholzer. I mean, just the way yeah. you, you see what he did with the Atlanta Hawks with just with yeah. who was their best player that year? Al Horford. Al Horford. I mean, I, you you could say Al Horford. <laughs> you could say Paul Millsap. Millsap, yeah. Like either. I mean, the, the, it was one. It's you. It's between one of those two and. Look what he took. He took him to a number one seed only to get swept by LeBron in the playoffs, but in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals. But again, he took him to a number one seed and they won a ton of games. So right. now you've got Budenholzer who's coaching a team. I mean, Chris Middleton's a good player. I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. if he's your third best player, you're doing something right. Um, but he's got arguably – the third, fourth most talented player in the NBA. I mean, because your your number yeah. one is probably LeBron. You you could argue LeBron. Right. Your number two, you KD. I guess you would say Kevin Durant probably. Number three, right. number three, you've got you, you're kind of arguing between on it or John and uh, Anthony Davis. And really, how yeah. far of a gap is that? Just pure talent wise. Right. Right. So, I mean, if there's anybody that can max that out, it's Budenholzer. And don't forget, like, they they got blue shippers like uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who I know know was a down rookie year when he won the rookie of the year, but he's no scrub, and Eric Bledsoe. He's no scrub, but, you know, 
I, I mean, when you we talking about Malcolm Brogdon, yeah, he won a Rookie of the Year, and I, I, I'm not drawing the comparison like completely because he's a better player than Michael, Michael Carter Williams. But I don't. Malcolm Brogdon is, Brogdon is a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth. I mean, he's 20, 26 or 27 years old this year, and I mean that's not old. Don't get me wrong. That's that's my age. Like that's not old yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. But for the NBA, that's that's you you don't expect much more growth from them. And if you're looking at him, I mean, he's. I is he going to top out any better than George Hill was? In his heyday, which if you give me prime George Hill on that team, that's a great acquisition. But I don't see Malcolm Brogdon being like a an all-star or a true star type of player. But again, a good player, a piece that you need on a championship team. Of course, of course. And look, I always said, with the talent that Milwaukee had like last year and the year before, I always told folks, and I think I may have told you this, if they had a coach that was worth a damn, They'll be going places. I mean, they'll, they'll they've got one now. There is noise, and they got one now. Exactly from the senatorial system, no less. So, um, if, yeah. if, again, if, if a coach like Bodohos could take Atlanta to a what was a sixty-some wild win season, whatever the top seed that that God, didn't they win sixty-three they games that year or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, it was it was it was know, it was, like it was over sixty. I remember that. Yeah. And they made the playoffs like two years consecutively after that, and to the point where he wanted out for some reason, and they granted his wish, and he's in Milwaukee doing it, just tearing things up right now. Um, oh I well, I mean that team was tanking. You talking about Atlanta? Yeah, that Atlanta team was tanking. It was it yeah. Budenholzer's not in the business of a tanking team. I get that. Right. Right, right. So that's why he's like, get, get me out of here. Um, so I think Toronto is what who I, we thought they were going to be. So I know it's early, but I think Toronto Deep is, as hell. is legit. I think Boston is legit. I think Philly's going to be all right. And I really like Indiana. Um, oh, I was waiting for right you now. to say that. Uh-oh. You got some for me. You're laying a trap for me, I take it. <laughs> I like Indiana. I like Indiana a lot this year. I, I, it's okay. the, Miles Turner is, is a great player. The Doug McDermott signing three years, thirty thirty six million. That's a lot, but I mean, that's twelve million dollars a year for a three point shooter who tries on defense and is a. It, Let's be real with ourselves. I mean, I know I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, and I know the, the Bulls draft him and everything, but he's not a complete sieve on the defensive end. He tries, he moves yeah. his feet, and he at least puts a body on you. Like, he's not a horrible right. guy, and that's a good addition to a team last year that if you said they had one, one true weakness, it would be shooting, and you're adding a shooter to it, along with the development mm-hmm. of guys like DeMontis Sabonis and even – even Victor Oladipo, who's got a decent three-point shot, but he's proven this year so far that it's even better. Yeah. Like it, it, the Indiana's a scary good team that is just a piece away from being a true, true contender in the East because they're, I mean, they're not in the league with Boston. They're not in the league with Toronto. Like they are top of the East, obviously. Like you said, Boston, Toronto, and 
Philadelphia, if they can stay healthy, if a couple of things break their way, I still think they're a piece away. But right underneath that yeah. is Indiana, and Indiana's head and shoulders above anybody else that's underneath them in the West, except for maybe mm-hmm. Milwaukee. But in a seven-game series, I trust Indiana more than I trust Milwaukee, just because I think mm-hmm. Indiana's got – I think Indiana's got a more well-rounded team top to bottom than Milwaukee does. Milwaukee's got Mm -hmm. the better number one and two, but I don't think they have the better number three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Right, right, right. I I feel on that because as much as I think, as much as I think Detroit's going to improve with with a new coach and Charlotte's going to improve with a new coach. I really don't see them making that much noise when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, I, I just oh don't. no, the East is a, the East is a three horse race. Yeah, and yeah. at that, the third horse is <clears throat> the third horse is running and hoping that something happens to the first two. Honestly, because as much as I love the Seventy Sixers, and man. I'm, you know me. I'm all aboard the Joel Embiid train. Like I'm all for it. I love everything about him. One of the best big men in the they're, game. They're a piece away. That no, Anthony yeah. Davis is. And you you That's can argue. I mean, you can make the <laughs> argument, but Anthony Davis. Just look at what he is doing this year, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, to back to what I was saying about the the Seventy Sixers, yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're missing. They're 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 really missing uh, Ilyasova. They're missing his shooting a lot, yeah. And and the floor yeah. spacing. The Markel Fultz experience yeah. looks like it's it looks like that's not working too well. And man, they gave up Jason Tatum and this year's first rounder from what was isn't it Sacramento? Is it Sacramento's first yep. rounder this year? So that's probably going to be a lottery pick too. They gave up that and Jason Tatum for Markel Fultz. Who and I'm not. I, yep. I I wish the man the best. I really do, and I and I'm old enough to call him a kid because I mean he's he's eight years younger than me now, but I, I wish him yep. the best because he, he had a case of the yips, and I don't wish that upon anybody. Any any type of sports player, a case mm-hmm. of the yips. I, who's right. I'm sure you've been there right. playing sports, wanting to pass up a shot because you're afraid of it's it's not going to go down. Like I get oh, that, but it doesn't look like it's getting any better this year. The shot yeah. looks broken still. No the confidence isn't there. Boy, what that team would do with Jason yeah. Tatum. Wow. You could have only imagined, but Boston's are like, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, like, Boston. <laughs> Boston is so very good because now you're adding Gordon Hayward and a healthy Kyrie to it. It's going to take them some time to get everything figured out. It is. You can't. You can't expect to take a team that pushed LeBron to seven games and lost. Kyrie, if Kyrie was mm-hmm. in that series, they would have won the series. You know that, right? Oh yeah, they would have been Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, we all know okay. that. I'm, I'm, we all know. Okay, we all know. I'm glad. I'm. I hope everybody <laughs> knows that. But you're trying to integrate, and you're, and you're integrating Gordon Hayward too, who is you're adding another All Star to the mix to guys to right. Al Horford who. Yeah, he doesn't have the, he doesn't stuff the stat sheet, but damn, is he good at everything? He's a You're guy. adding Kyrie He's healthy to yeah, exactly. God, I love I, I love me some Al Horford, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. But you're you're adding an all-star who didn't play with that team at all last year, who was supposed to be a linchpin of it, and you're putting Kyrie back in it healthy to a team that's got Jalen Brown, who's ascending, Jason Tatum, who I'll be damned if he isn't an all-star this year. And right. if in the next – I, I will I, – if I had the money to, I would too. go to Vegas and I would want to see what the line is because I would put money on Jason Tatum making an All NBA first, second, or third team, and then an All NBA, an All Defensive NBA first, second, or third team in the next years. Yep. Yep. I, dude, I feel very strongly. I mean, he, 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 and he's smart too. You know why? He's been picking the brain of Kobe Bryant. And I don't know if you watched uh, detail. Yeah, I know. I mean, the the thing is, uh, like, I don't know if you watched that that series on 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 ESPN.com called Detail, where Kobe oh, it's amazing. down catch catch film. The way he broke it's amazing. down, uh, it is. It's great. I mean, the way he broke down Jason Tatum, and the and the way Jason Tatum took that to heart, and wanted to be that great so bad. That he was thinking about it. He was thinking about what Kobe Bryant said a lot. That ought to tell you something about that kid. You can't teach that. You can't teach. You, 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 I mean, you can't teach desire, and hunger. How do you have it, or you don't? No. As a professional athlete. Oh no, especially. and you're right. And I think this kid. He was, he, I think his kid has it. He, he was good on defense last year. If you watch him this year, he's great on defense. And it's not just the individual mm-hmm. on the ball defense. It's. To playing within the team concept, the team construct as well. Like it's, it's scary. It is absolutely scary how quickly they can bottle up a team, and how long they are one to five. Like if there is a mm-hmm. team, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, Scott. I'm not saying I want it to. I want to see it because I just <laughs> do. If there's a team that yeah. is built, not that can. I'm saying if there's a team that is built. To date, it's Boston. Because one through five, they're so long, they can switch absolutely everything. They have enough shooters. They have enough defensive presence, you know, to protecting the rim. Al Horford doesn't get the big block numbers, but if you look at advanced metrics and shot percentage when he's around, blah, 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 Long sabermetric stuff like baseball that I like that most people don't. But just just trust me when I tell you that when he's around, opponents shoot less against him than they do against Rudy Gobert. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's mm, exactly. That's mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to, do, had to do a grunt there, a shot grunt. That's why I call it because, yeah, that's Rudy Gobert is no slouch on defense. But – Let's get to this right quick. Speaking of Boston, can we just agree, outside outside of Greg Popovich, that Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA outside of Brad outside of uh, Greg Popovich? I, Scott, I want to agree with you, but I want to throw an honorable mention name in there, or actually mm-hmm. two, because Rick Carlisle is great. Yeah, I don't care what anybody yes, says. Yeah. Down in Dallas, yeah. he is fantastic. And another one, Eric Spolstra. I don't think anybody could get that type of team to perform like that. But if you, if you're telling me I got to pick a number two, I have to say it's it's Brad Stevens. But there are there yeah. 
there are some honorable mentions I like to at least when when people are when people are discussing this I like to at least throw those two names in there. Well, I would say this. Great, uh, like like uh, Rick Carlisle always has a special place in my heart because of the way he took down the Heat when they were huge <laughs> underdogs. They being his Mavericks were huge underdogs. That first and year. They, they, that first yeah. year. Yes. He took them to the cleaners. He out coached them. He out schemed them. Uh, yeah. Oh, and just out just out schemed them. He out. I Spolster. That was Spolster's first year as a head coach. And right. honestly, how 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 do you expect to to? It shocked me that they won. It no, it didn't shock me that Dallas won. What shocked me is how easily they won. Yeah, the Spurs winning like that wouldn't yeah. have surprised me one bit, but Dallas mm-hmm. winning like that just shocked me. Beat them in six games. That was amazing. Oh, but the thing was is they they handled them. It, they handled them in the four games that they won, and Miami barely won the two games that they won. Right. And then Miami next year goes on to maybe Thunder, and God, if that team would have just stuck together. Yeah, I know. They would cheat. That's, that's what was going to be the big <laughs> in the in the history. I mean, what if they just ain't bit the bullet, paid the luxury tax, and paid James Harden? The ultimate what if. Uh-huh. What the this was win? over four million, four million, Scott. Four. Yeah. I could I I could yeah. understand if it was forty, but after all was said and done, after luxury tax was paid, it was four million. Yep. Boy, that hurts. Yep. That's 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 the, they're the they're the Orlando Magic of this generation. Like the oh, Orlando Magic of, of Shaquille and uh, Penny. Oh yeah, with Shaquille and Penny. Yeah. yeah. Speaking That's of, just one, one last quick question I have for you. The yes, Thunder. Sir. Man, what's going on? Well, um, I know that uh, what's his face? Westbrook is back in the shape. Uh, it took him a while. Uh, they've got a two-game winning streak going on right now for Westbrook, but I think they'll be fine, too. I think they'll be fine, too, like uh, down the road, because I mean, Westbrook is just Getting back in the playing shape. I mean, in game shape. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And plus, I, I mean, know after after, after surgery, George is not that guy either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Paul George, Paul is, not George that is what guy. a number three. Yeah. Number three, I mean, number two, plays, probably a two, high end three, right, low end two. Like number three. Yeah. Yeah. He plays like a number yeah. three. Yeah. I mean, he's never had that mentality. He has the talent that had to to be a number one, but he's not that guy. Which is which is fine. Which is okay. It is what it is, but I mean he's just not that dude. But until Westbrook gets back in the full shape, they'll be fine. They, the, the Thunder, will, I think the Thunder will be fine when it's all said and done. I don't think they'll be going through my biggest game, problem. But I, I think they'll be fine. No, my biggest problem with 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 Oklahoma City is there's no mm-hmm. team that should even be making that that should have their eyes on making the playoffs. That should be hurting right. this much without Andre Roberts, Roberson. Yeah, yeah. That defense is struggling without him. Well, isn't that something? One guy. That's <laughs> just that's, that's, one guy. Like, it's amazing how 
just him being able to shut down the other team's best wing player makes everybody else on defense better. I, it, it shocks me every mm-hmm. time I see it. But one last thing for me before I let you go, because I know you've got you know some football to talk about and a little bit of college football sure. as well. It's going to be a super, super long season for me and my Chicago Bulls. Yeah. God bless you, brother. Yeah, we signed Jabari Parker. Dude, but you have hope. I have Jabari Parker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not laughing at you, brother. I I, I promise you I'm not laughing with you. I feel your pain, but that was funny what you just said. Uh, (laughs) At the end of the tunnel for you guys, I mean, I can say the same thing about the Cavaliers. We'll get to them, but... Like like in a quick set, is there a light in a tunnel for your okay. goals, man? I don't know your contract situation. I know you overpaid Brad Le- for that Levine guy and everything else, but is there some glimmer of hope, or is it going to be like in like the press for the next five to ten years? Lori Marketing's hurt. He's okay. For all fun, as much as. As much as I want my inner fan to come out, I'm scared to let that happen because, granted, he was all-rookie first team last year, but of all rookies that had qualifying numbers, he shot the lowest field goal percentage of all of them. So that scares me, Mm. but he's supposed to be the the linchpin of the future, which is cool. I'm okay with that because he's a big man that can shoot. He can rebound. He tries on defense. I'm all right there. Levine looks – the part of a number two or number three guy. So I, and if you're paying him down the road under market value for a number two or a number three, there's your glimmer of hope. The Barry Parker experiment, at least 20 million of it is this year and they can get out of that contract next year and owe him nothing after this season and owe him nothing. So, okay. You took a shot in the dark and six games in, it looks like that's not going to pay any dividends, but okay, cool. And they're not going to win a lot of games. Wendell Carter Jr. looks good. I mean, he's a lowest lowest ceiling, highest floor of all the rookies, it seems like, so far this year. They just right. need a guy. They, they yeah. You know who they could really, really use right now? A guy like Jimmy Butler. Like, mm. I know the they trade happened, and I know we wouldn't have this roster without him. I, yeah. like, I get that we wouldn't have the roster without him, but a guy like Jimmy Butler or I can't say Paul George, I would love to have like a, a, a Paul George type because I think that would, that would push Levine into more of a playmaking, into more playmaking instead of just trying to score. But, man, it's – yeah, there's – the hope is kind of grasping at straws. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm kind of trying uh. to find things to hope about other than <laughs> actually having them. Kind, I mean – it's it's the same kind of situation for your Knicks, except I, I don't know. Like the Knicks, it just seems like Neil has got a good defensive presence. It seems like he'll be okay. It looks like he's starting to find a shot. And man, my head coach is Fred Hoiberg. Yours is David Fisdale. Yeah, I Dude, like you got that. a B plus, I, A minus so coach, bad. and I'm rolling with a D plus. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's the thing too. I mean, once once. Porzingis gets back healthy, and who knows what free agency next year? Who knows? Who knows what free agency will be? No, next yeah, year? yeah, yeah. Oh, I but, even forgot about Porzingis. 
We don't have anybody yeah. close to Porzingis. Yeah, and that's the thing. So there's hope for the first time in a long time for, for me as a Knicks fan. I can't, I, I can't cry on my beard, but so much longer. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some hope. I mean, we finally got some talent and people who are in charge who work for Dam. Bye-bye, Phil Jackson. But I'm just I'm happy. As a, I'm happier as a Knicks fan. I know it's going to be a long year, but I'm happier as a Knicks fan. But one last thing on the Caval- like about the Cavaliers, since I know they can, that Coach Tyrone Lue, you know. Uh, dude, they did Ty Lewis solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know LeBron is the MVP when he leaves a team, the same team they took to the finals. It's struggling. It hurts. That's how you know oh, how of a player he is. I mean, he can win an MVP every year. He could win an MVP every year. Should win MVP That's every year. The two, Kyrie, the, the two Steph years, I mean, the two Steph years, I'll kind of give to you because Steph Curry, all right, I'm going to give you quick stat here because I have, I'm filled with these useless useless stats. There are A players in yeah. NBA history, all right, who have mm-hmm. three NBA titles and two MVPs. Can you name three of them for me? Two NBA titles and three MVPs? Is that right? No, three uh, NBA titles and okay. two MVPs. Well, LeBron is one of them. Um LeBron's another one. Yeah, another. Michael Jordan has to be. Yep. So that's three. Tim Duncan. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Okay. Wow. Tim. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so think about this. Steph Curry, for all the things he is, for those two MVPs that he won. And, ever, and, and being on the forefront of the whole three-point explosion like he has, man, is he not an all-time great at 30 years old? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see your point. Um, I never seen him <laughs> right? like Clay Thompson, though. Oh, God. Did you see what Clay did against my Bulls? Oh, I know. They score 92 points okay. by halftime. Okay. <laughs> I stayed watching it because I wanted. I stayed watching it. I stayed watching it because I wanted to see Clay break the record. Honestly, but other than that, I mm-hmm. I, I, I knew what was up. <laughs> they could easily score two hundred if they wanted to. They scored ninety two in the first half. So maybe they ran out of gas. I don't it's, know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they anyway, let they put their foot off the gas. Team. Come on now. <laughs> I, you know Lackers. what? Uh, we know we know that the we know that the final is going to we know that the final outcome is most likely going to be Golden State winning it. Right. I think everybody right. kind of knows that. But man, at the yeah. end of the day, is it not fun to just sit and watch how you get to that point? Yeah. The NBA is great, man. I mean, with all the free agency, with yeah. all the player movement, the player has all the powers, right? I mean, it's 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 all LeBron being out west. It's great. Even though we all know the final conclusion, right? Like the final chapter, how it's going to end, how the story's going to end. I mean, it could change. I mean, a couple injuries, but still. But I still think it's fun. I mean, hell, look at the East, what's going on in the East. I mean, we think Boston will be representing the East where it's all said and done. 
But you got some teams that if once they start rolling, it's gonna to be tough. I mean, between we we were early first the year, we had a monster, Milwaukee, Indiana. I mean, that's gonna be tough, man. And then the West is what is always a grindhouse. It's great. Hey, let me ask you this question: When was the last time you looked at the East and said, "Man, I can't wait to see who wins this conference"? Yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. Before Miami Heat, the big three was four. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. It's, it's it's parody this year for once. Yeah, yeah, and that's what makes it exciting. I mean, love it. I love it again. And you know how great your league is when you know, when you already have an idea how the story's going to end, but you want to read it, the book anyway because it's going to be a fun ride. Exactly. That's how the NBA is. And that's great. It's awesome. I love it. Can't, can't, can't say too much about that, man. Can't say anything too bad about that. Hey, man, hey, I'll tell you what. We need to do this every week. You going to be my NBA guy going forward, homie? We could make make some like yeah, a, that's fine we, with we can me. Make, make some magic, bro. Hey, that's fine with me, man. You just let me know when you want me on, and I will be on for you. All right, man. Hey, hey good talking to you again, Jerry, man. Take a light. All right, good talking to you, man. You have a great night. All right, peace out. That's my guy, Jerry Singleton, uh, former of the Weekend Adjustments Radio Show, every Saturday from ten to twelve. Uh, on 1450 AM, the ticket, Hamilton, Ohio. It's a Ohio right now, but he's going to be back in Saturday. It'll be awesome. It's a great show. You can find some archives on the web as well. So we're going to move from NBA to the NFL, some college football with my guy. And once again, y'all know him. He's from the yard slash HBCU Sports. He raps about all things HBCU Sports as well as Leeds Radio every week here on Blotter Radio. The one and only, Dwayne Nash. In the house. What's going on, D? It's been too long. How you doing, bro? God. Man, oh, man. The next couple of weeks is about to be a whirlwind, but let me do some housekeeping real quick. Uh, yes, CG sir. Sports, no longer on Blog Talk Radio. We are now oh. on Facebook Live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Oh, Even wow. though, unfortunately... Cool, Yes, we've, we've, we've gone the route of the visual. That means you get to see my big, cute face on Facebook every week. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't been on the past couple of weeks, man. My day job has kept me busy. But I will be returning this Tuesday because I got to give Coach an earful. Matter of fact, he's going to get a little bit tonight through you, Scott, and I right. apologize. But, uh yeah, they they were talking about me a little bit about some thoughts I have about the uh, the CFP and the rankings that came out yesterday. Yeah, and, and yes. I know we're going to talk about it. So you're going to get a little bit today. He'll get the rest of it next week. <laughs> but you know what? It's no time like the present. So let's jump let's jump right into it. The college football playoff rankings. I don't think right. it's a shot that Alabama's number one. I mean, I, it, no. they might as well call the damn thing the Alabama Invitational. They're in it every yeah. year, even though they didn't win the damn division last year, but they won a national mm-hmm. title, so I guess they belong, right? Um, and they yeah. look unstoppable this season. And I know yeah. that there hasn't been, in the history of the college football playoff rankings, 
No, the top, the first four, the like the first four, the one through four in the first rankings, they never stay the same at the end. They mm-hmm. always change. I don't see Alabama changing from number one. I don't really see Clemson change from number two. Now LSU, Notre Dame, maybe. Michigan's knocking mm-hmm. on the door. I don't know why the hell they have Georgia ranked so high as they do. But let me just get your thoughts on this college playoff record. Is there is there any team or any league that the that the college playoff committee, selection committee, has been overrating at this moment? Overrating? Yeah, overrating, overrating, yeah. Yeah, do you see anything well, that says, you know what, that rate's a damn high? You know what, CC, and I almost agree yeah. with him, and this is why, you know, I, I feel the way that I've felt about the CFP for the past couple of years. I've said on this show, I've said on CZ Sports. But yeah. for the conspiracy theorists out there, and you know Coach is one of those guys who like to walk around with the looking for a hat for his conspiracy theories. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at it, Alabama number one, LSU number three, Georgia number six, Kentucky yep. number nine. I yeah. said it before. I said it again. <clears throat> yep. This sets up for another two SEC teams getting into the uh, playoffs this year, to the dismay of a lot of people and one school in particular. And I'll get to it in a minute. I will say this. Yes, sir. If you watch or you listen to Sneaky Sports, you know exactly what school I'm about to say. But I'm not going to say it just yet, but it is coming. So, yeah, watch it once again. It sets up perfectly, especially with what you just said, uh, about the, the, how the, the top four rankings move around and shift. Eight of the 16 teams that have been ranked in the top four the first week that the CLP has been released is no longer in it when it comes to the end of the year. Right. Possibility it happens again. And I have a feeling who might get knocked out this year. But like I said, the conspiracy theorists, those four SEC teams in the top nine, sets it up perfectly. Uh, well, it sets it up real nice. I'm not going to say perfectly because I don't know if mm. it's going to be perfect. But it sets it up real nice for another two-team SEC deal to get in. And at the beginning of the year, I said it was going to be Big Ten, but that Ohio State loss, to Purdue ruin yeah. that, along with the fact that Michigan was going to have to play Ohio State anyway at the end of the year. But, right. you know, that's not going to be the case. I, I think it's going to be SEC again. And, and, and with that said, that's why I think that um, it's a possibility it might be, especially that Kentucky at number nine, and they, they have yeah. some nice wins. They do have some nice wins in their resume. And they have the Florida. opportunity to continue to build their resume as well. But, yeah, well, um, I forget that division. What is that, the, the East Division in the, the SEC? East, yeah, the East, yeah. 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 One of those two teams can set it up real nice so that it can be a two-team or two teams represented from the SEC back in the playoffs again this year. It, 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 it's, it's just – it smells – of well, if you want to be like Colin Kaepernick, it smells of collusion almost. It smells like conspiracy theory, whatever you want to right. use. But 
get ready. Well, here's the thing, brother. Um, let's, let's, yeah. As a matter of fact, as I'm talking, let's bring, let's bring the standards up, uh, the rankings up, I should say. Um, I think, I think there's some people who say they've overrated the ACC because Interesting. Clemson aside, Clemson aside, uh-huh. I heard like a Joe Joe Clapp on a on a Fox Sports One on a Colin Coward show. Which Colin Cobb was mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. He was absolutely funny. But anyway, um, he's questioning, do you really think that Syracuse, ranked number 19, <laughs> my Wolfpack, ranked number 21, Boston mm-hmm. College, ranked number 22, and Virginia, mm-hmm. it's a great story, by the way, ranked number 25. Mm-hmm. The, his question is, do, does he think, do people think really think that they're worthy of being college football player material in the top 25? I say yes. Syracuse is good. Syracuse yes. should have beaten Clemson for the second t- year in a row. Boston yes. College is decent. They, just, they had a brain fart in Purdue, but you saw what Purdue did at Ohio State. Virginia, mm-hmm. I say what, Bronco Mendenhall – People don't understand the job that he has done. I mean, I knew he was that dude when he was at BYU all those years. But when he took his time mm-hmm. to the East Coast, I did not think that was going to translate. I didn't think they think it was going to travel. But they're sitting at six and two, and and the driver's seat and the coast division, the ACC. You got to give them some love. But I will say this: yes, in, in class defense, he while he thinks that Michigan may be getting screwed out, he does agree. That the that they got it. They see if the, the, the committee got it right with Michigan, but uh, I I look. I don't think the the Big Ten is in trouble because I don't think Ohio State. Suppose Ohio State runs the, runs the table, right? They they like to get through their conference championship game. They beat whatever scrub comes out of the West Division, right? I mean, let's just. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it looks like something Northwestern right now. That's how that's the West Division is in the Big Ten. Because, I mean, Wisconsin lost, what, three times? They lost to BYU yes. at home. Um, mm-hmm. So they're totally out of it. So if you've got Ohio State winning, run the table, do you really think that the committee is going to pick them again after no. they got their asses kicked, curve stomped against Purdue the way they did? The answer is a flat-out hell no. They're no. Not. The best bet is they were, to be frank. Yes, they were mollywhopped by uh, by Purdue. <laughs> but to, to, to your point, yeah. I don't know. I, I truly believe Michigan could be one of those teams. Well, actually, could be the team from the Big Ten to get in. Yeah. They don't have to win out. Right. And they don't have the resume to say that they belong in there if they do win out. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not too afraid. For the Big Ten yet, they'll still they they still have a chance to get their representative, but it's up to 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 Jim Harbaugh and that that Wolverine team in order to come through and and, and do what they need to do in order to make it. If they win it without, they they make it in. Right, right. I should say they they make a great case for making it in if they win out. Yeah. I, I think Mich- I think if Michigan wins out, I think no matter what, I think no matter what, I think Michigan's in. If they win out, because their only loss would be to Notre Dame, 
And Notre Dame, mm-hmm. speaking of Notre Dame, they're sitting pretty right now. Their next hardest game will be Syracuse. Yes. I'm, I'm not giving I'm not giving SC a shot at beating Notre Dame, even though it would be at, 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 at a, a Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, the hard part of the schedule is over, and they dominated it. I mean, they beat yeah. Michigan. They mm-hmm. curb stumped Virginia Tech on the road. And yes. I know they barely beat Pitt. But I mean, you, you I mean, you do for a game like that every year. That's just the way it is. But mm-hmm. the, the the only toughest game left, man, is Syracuse at the Meadowlands. I mean, it's set up perfect for Notre Dame. But something tells mm-hmm. me, something tells me, to go along with your conspiracy theory about the SEC. Something tells me that that I don't I don't I don't know how it's going to happen, but. I think either Michigan or Notre Dame. So, like, like, like just pretend that things are where they are now at the end, right? With mm-hmm. Alabama winning the SEC, giving LSU a second loss, and they'll be out. And Alabama, like, playing Georgia or Georgia, the unthinkable Georgia, whoever comes from the East beats Alabama. And Alabama, mm-hmm. they find a way to Alabama in, in, anyway. The one or two teams, the one or two teams that get screwed would be Notre Dame and Michigan, and I think it's going to be Notre Dame. Because I, I I think the committee is going to have a hard time picking Notre Dame over one lost Michigan team coached by Jim Harbaugh. I, mm-hmm. I think I think they'll have a hard time doing that, and that will lead to to college football political chaos more so than if Notre Dame got got included gets included in like like into the playoff fray. But that's why I think I got my ten four hat on too. Uh, but I, I just think <laughs> I, I think that either way, I think Notre Dame's going to the catalyst of change in the way they set up the college football playoff. And I think this may be the year for it, whether Notre Dame gets in or not. Especially if Notre Dame is undefeated facing one well, if they face one loss, they're not getting in no matter what. Go undefeated. And they they still somehow get left out for a big ten champ. I don't know, bro. I think they'll change. I think Notre Dame has that cachet to, to get changed. But I think that the committee is going to say, look, you got to win a conference, bro. Either join the ACC or shut the hell up. Uh, so I, I think – I just think that this is going to be the start of something good to a major in college football, and it's going to sit around Notre Dame. Just from looking mm-hmm. at the rankings right now. They're fourth. And I would argue that Notre Dame has one of the better resumes outside of Alabama. They're just fourth. That ought to tell you something. Yes, it does. tells me a whole lot. It tells me this one thing, the things that I've said on your show last year at the end of the, mm-hmm. of the football year. It's the thing that I've said on Sleazy Sports numerous times mm-hmm. and got laughed at not only by my co-hosts but by fans alike that Notre Dame, even with a perfect record, is going to get left out of the CFP unless they get some help. Mm. And the reason why I think that is possible, like you said, with the politics, that could potentially be in play, especially as it pertains to conference champions, Big Ten, SEC, especially those two conferences in particular, 
I think mm. that those representatives, if it's who I, who who, who it potentially could be, those yep. two representatives could be the ones to knock out Notre Dame and let me explain why. Like you just said, yes, Notre Dame's tough part of their schedule has been played already. Matter of fact, some would say their toughest game on their schedule happened week one. That was many, 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 many moves ago. And it was only by seven. And that team is right behind them in the rankings at number five. If, if Northwestern (laughs) comes out against Notre Dame this week and they play a tough one and they don't get beat, Mm -hmm. By more than 10, and Notre Dame wins the rest of their schedule, and Michigan goes through, and they clean their schedule and potentially beat Northwestern in the championship game, leapfrog. That's leapfrog number one potential. Leapfrog number two potential. Like I said, with the two SEC squads, Alabama wins out, and whoever wins between Georgia in Kentucky at that six and nine mm. spot. It is very dangerous because the teams that are ahead of them, like we said, with uh, with Michigan, with Oklahoma, with Washington State, they don't necessarily have a strong resumes, but a, a six beating a nine or a nine beating a six can catapult you potentially to six, five, maybe even four with this win alone this weekend. Then that team wins out the rest of their schedule. They meet up Alabama in the championship game, and they potentially squeak one out against Alabama. You cannot hold out that Mm. SEC champion because of the resume that they've put up throughout the entire year, regardless of whatever one-loss team that they, they have. And they just beat Alabama by a squeaker. And you can't leave Alabama out because Alabama's been your number one and they barely lost. So there's your two right. SEC teams right, right there doing what? Giving the buck to Notre Dame. So there's a possibility. Like I said, we already got two SEC teams currently in there. One of them is going to drop out because of a loss to uh, this weekend. Or, or to make it even freakier, if LSU slips one past Alabama, say like by three or less, they move up to number three. Alabama moves to number number. Well, I'm sorry, they move from three to one. Alabama probably drops mm. from 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 one to either two or to maybe even three. Notre Dame is just sitting there, and God forbid if Georgia beats Kentucky, Georgia could probably leapfrog Michigan and Notre Dame right there. Just knocking them out, especially. Excuse me, if Notre Dame ha- has trouble with Northwestern this weekend, so we can have a possibility of somebody getting bumped out this weekend already. There's so mm. many conspiracies or, or who can get bumped out, who can move, who can go where. But the thing that that that, that can that that interests me most will be watching what happens with these institutions here, Michigan. Georgia, Kentucky, and this school here, which is currently ranked 13th, West Virginia. They have the mm. ability to pad their resumes between here and the, uh, at the end of the conference championship 
to knock on the door and potentially knock either well LSU has an opportunity to get knocked out this weekend and, and potentially Notre Dame so that they can go ahead and fight for those spots if they can win out. I'm just fascinated at the craftsability because people have been front on Notre Dame for a long time because they yes. they're independent. They mm-hmm. they don't have a conference. You know, they don't mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. And I think no matter how they finish, they to be in the Irish, they're gonna get screwed. I think they're gonna be the squad that gets screwed in the end. Out of them mm-hmm. I don't think I, again, I don't think they're gonna keep out of one lost Michigan team if they win the end of winning the Big Ten championship. They're not gonna they they're just not gonna legit let they're not gonna leave Michigan that brand as Michigan and Jim Harbaugh out. They're not gonna do it. You see, this is the thing. I I have co-hosts that believe the complete opposite and and, and think that Notre Dame's brand is that much stronger than any other brand going in college football today. Had this been been 2000, I might agree with you. Had this been the 1990s, I most definitely would have agreed with you. Yes, Mm -hmm. you say that Notre Dame has its own network. No. No, it's reversed. That network, NBC, has its own college football team. Because right. it's not like it's Notre Dame sports all on, on NBC. No, it just has, they just have the football team. And it's not even all of their games. So, yes, NBC has game. the football team, but, but it's not the other way around. And don't get it mm-hmm. twisted. Don't sleep on the brands of institutions like Alabama the SEC, the big and mm-hmm. Texas. If Texas was up there, maybe they might even cause an issue because of how big their right. brand is. Some people know schools, but there, but there are a lot of people that do. And they just think that let's say the night is no more, man. Notre Dame ain't what Notre, what used to be. It, it, it's, it's still prevalent, yes. Yes, it is a blue blood in college sports. But I don't think that their brand can outshine the the brand of certain conferences, uh, especially the two that I've already named. And and I think Mm -hmm. because of the fact, like you just said, and I've said it on numerous occasions too, because of the fact that they're not in the conference and they do not play a conference championship game, add that to the fact that Syracuse is the best team on their resume right now, get ready. They're going to have a hard time trying to keep, well, hoping that everyone else stays out while they stay in, especially at the number four spot. Because I don't see them moving up higher than four unless the teams ahead right. of them start to fall. That's the only way that happens. And right yeah. now, and four seems perfect. to be their ceiling. Yes. Four seems, four seems to be their ceiling right now. And they're going to need a whole lot of help in order to break through that feeling. Isn't that something? Like a a, 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 a ten a potentially undefeated team undefeated Notre Dame. Yes. And this is a now I I've been attempting to relay this message to them. Right? I okay. understand that an undefeated team, especially an undefeated team like the brand of Notre Dame, deserves mm-hmm. to be in the playoffs. Yes, right. but I've seen this committee at work. 
It may not be all the same parts, the same mentality, dude. You know it. I know it. I don't know why they don't want to accept it just yet. I don't. (laughs) We've seen what they've done in the past. We've seen what they're capable of. They're capable of doing it again. And there's going to be a lot of people wondering why Notre Dame of all schools is, is, is going to be the one of perfection to get left out. And like you said, that'll be the thing. I've said it too. I don't, I, don't, I don't like to say that you're quoting greatness because I said it before. Yeah. But you're quoting greatness because I said it before. Notre Dame is going to be the team to spark the CFP to expand, if not to 8 to 12, but because of what happens this year, if it goes down, I almost want to be like Darth Vader and say it's their destiny, but I hate to say that because I don't know what the future holds. I don't. But I have a general idea of what could happen, and that's the way it looks to me because of the fact that they don't have anything else impressive coming up and that big win against Michigan was so, 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 so long ago and only by seven. Mm-hmm. What else are they going to do? They don't have anything else to do. They, 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 they've almost – I'm not going to say they burnt out their chances. They, they, they're just, like I said, they just peaked. And when I saw that they came in that fourth, I laughed because I said, here it is. Yep. It's setting up for it. And they come in at three. They only were fourth. Yes. Fourth, they could have come in at third, at third, and the fact that LSU came in ahead of them let me know that, uh-oh, see, this is what they're thinking, son. Here's what they think about you. They don't think any more of that than this, and you can't get no higher than that because the best team that you're playing, is the best two teams that you're playing is, is, is Northwestern and a 19th-ranked Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that's the thing, so... That's it's a trip, man. I mean, it's setting up for Notre Dame to get screwed because they only came in fourth. They only mm-hmm. came in fourth behind a one-loss team in LSU. If that doesn't mm-hmm. tell you anything, I don't know what the hell to tell anyone else. So it is what it is, brother. Uh, and one quick question: and We can Scott, talk about can, yes, sir. I was going to ask: Can you tell me what was so impressive about LSU's? Resume that had them coming at number three above Notre Dame. I was going to say Miami, but they started to suck. So uh, <laughs> Miami was the I mean, again, yeah, I, I mean, they were the Trump. I mean, they beat Auburn, but Auburn sucks. And of course, yes. Miami sucks. Mm-hmm. The only team that's worth for them that they beat, well, they beat two: Florida and Georgia. They curb stomped Georgia. Okay, mm-hmm. well, actually, no, no, no. They lost to Florida. I'm sorry, I messed that up. They lost to Florida. So they lost mm-hmm. the same Florida team. They got curb stomped by Georgia and the in the outdoor in the outdoor cocktail party. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the best win is Georgia, but Georgia is six. Yeah, and I don't understand why they got Georgia so damn high, but Georgia's six, and that's what tells. I mean, it's. That's, I mean, anything. I, look, I know LSU may lose to Alabama, and this will be a good issue anyway, but the way, but the fact that they put Notre Dame behind a one-loss team whose best win was a club summer of Georgia and, and Miami, that's, that's, I mean, 
they, they lost one game. That's the point. They lost one game. And they got them ahead of Notre Dame. That's shocking. Mm-hmm. That is straight up shocking. And I'm telling you, you wish you had a brand on this. I'm like, the, 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 it looks like the ones that be screwed at the end will be either Michigan or Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame. They're, they're going to get screwed, man. Mm-hmm. You know what would be funnier? It would be funnier what Michigan does win. And then they say status quo, right? And if, and if Michigan wins out, Notre Dame wins out, it would be a treatment to see Michigan, like, jump Notre Dame, wouldn't it? It would be stupid. It will be. But it will be I, Ohio State, Penn State all over again. Yeah. Yeah. It will be Ohio yeah. State, Penn State all over again. But worse. That's why college football because, is so awesome. We can get to talk yeah. about stuff like this with the college football players, but hey, that's why it's so damn awesome. But, but I make I'll let you make the final point because you're about to make uh, make the point. Yeah, I was, all I was gonna say was it's not about what I uh, it's not about what it should be with college football. It's about what I know that it is. You know what I'm saying that's my right. that's my whole point. I understand how it should go. A, a perfect team should be in of their magnitude. But I just know how it's gonna go. So, yeah, get ready. <laughs> get ready. Play for some upset. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this has been a great charity in college football. This is outside of Alabama, of course, but we'll we'll see what happens again. It's early, and it's going to be all probably most of it's going to be a boot issue anyway. But move mm-hmm. points anyway. But it's just fascinating as hell to see how they're treating Notre Dame right now. It really is. We'll get you out here on, on, on the NFL right quick. Mainly, I'm focus on the trades and, and yes. well, the trades that didn't happen and the justified as Cleveland. That's the Cleveland Browns. But basically, I, I, what is funny is I'm looking at all these trades. First of all, I never I haven't seen these, this, this many trades in the NFL in a long time with uh, yes. Golden Tate being shipped to. Uh, Philly, which is, oh, my God, Philly just got that much done on offense. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Fowler going from leaving Jacksonville uh, to wh- where did he land again? He went to he went uh, the Rams. The Rams, see? There's another one. Nine fifth. Mm-hmm. and 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 and, uh, and of course, uh, sort of being fired, Todd Montgomery got getting traded to the Ravens, which I don't like as a Steelers fan because he has that speed and game-breaking ability. But, um, What's interesting to me is seeing and oh yeah, and, and Amari Cooper being traded to Dallas, which I think Dallas will be paid for that. Um it's interesting to yeah, see the trades that didn't get made. Like so Sean McCoy is still in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell is still in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can go on and on. Um oh yeah, and one more thing, I forgot about the, the Texans acquired Demarius Thomas, which is a great trade for Houston. Uh, but basically, you know, what, I mean, you wonder, of course, in, 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 in like, a, in the course of Giants not making any moves, you kind of wonder what's going on here because Le'Veon Bell is losing. I, of course, I was on his side, you know, of not getting used up for just a, a franchise thing. You know, the franchise side was $14 million, $14 million, $14 million. But to see James Conner ball the way he has, it's getting a similar workload to to Le'Veon and making the most of it. I'm afraid that Le'Veon's cost himself a whole lot of money, man. And the fact that he has teams know that 
Pittsburgh's not going to do anything with Le'Veon in terms of resigning him or whatnot. That just messes the mm-hmm. position. So Le'Veon just—he's he's in limbo right now, man. He really is. It'll be interesting to see who goes after him, but teams are going to be willing to do so. The question is, will it end up having to be a bidding war, and at what point will it climax? That'll be the thing that I'm, I'm interested to see is, is what they do. Yeah. That's become a Kirk Cousins-esque deal because, you know, that's, the, that's, that's kind of like the, the mark now. It's the, 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 what, what yeah. Kirk did last year. You know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we see the same thing with Le'Veon this year. Maybe, maybe not. Depends upon who's interested and who's going to be willing to do something with them. But you're right. Um, I understand why. Um, well, I know why Le'Veon didn't get traded because he's not showing up. And I, I believe that teams are probably afraid that if they hold on or they acquire his, 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 his rights, that he probably just won't show up and it'll be a waste of a trade. So what's the point? You know, whatever happens with him in Pittsburgh, allow that to happen. And if they end up cutting him or he ends up leaving, then he ends up leaving, and then we have the, the ability to bid for him, and then we know that he wants to play with us. You know, let that happen. But I see why that trade didn't go down. Yeah. Now, the one that's um, a, a little bit more intriguing well, intriguing to me is the, how, <laughs> how much Dallas paid for Amari Cooper. That's number one overall uh, first-round draft pick for that receiver. I want to know, will his ability be able to mesh with that? And and if it doesn't, then what happens? You wasted a first-round pick for him. You just have a receiver that's not working with your QB who has issues in in terms of developing with, with, with talented wide receivers or, or non-talented wide receivers, and then you already have eight in the box against against Zeke, and we see what happens with that. So does it work for them, or, or, or will it not work for them? And then it kind of puts them in a hole because they're out of a first-round pick for next year. Yeah, and that's the thing. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Le'Veon next season, but he's, he's to think that for folks who think that it's a positive of him being back in the black and gold, they just they just they just dreaming of unicorns and smoking mushrooms. That shit is not going to happen. And one last thing, man. Uh, NFL item: the Browns. I mean, I knew that some change was going to happen. I didn't think they were going to uh-huh. have both, both uh, 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 Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. I mean, we could see this coming, right? You know. Todd mm-hmm. Haley, those of you who know about Todd Haley, he has the ego the size of New York City. He is who he is. And the fact that he's mm-hmm. been coach before, and the fact that he is, I just knew that he and, 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 and D. Jackson were going to butt heads. I didn't think it would be this badly. I didn't know there was going to be a little friction. But I think the mm-hmm. worst thing that happened to Cleveland was the no, was the Hard Knocks episode, were, were the Hard Knocks episodes, because they, I think they had a lot of of, of, of fuel to those e- to the fire of those egos of both uh-huh. Jackson and H- Haley. I mean, remember that scene where they call Haley called in Baker Mayfield and 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 and, and the third stringer and said had the audacity to congratulate Mayfield on winning the, the backup. 
over the third stringer. Wow. I know he had to do shit for the camera, but are you freaking kidding me? I mean, come on. Come on. They must have thought that there was nothing else they can do in front of the camera. That's just that was just a joke, but I I I think it added a, a lot of egos to guys and as well to Greg Williams. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you could have seen that coming, right? You could have you could have seen you could have seen this coming. I didn't think it'd be this bad, but I was like, if they were going to fire Hugh Jackson, why didn't they do it last season? Do only one game right? in two years. Why didn't they yeah. do it last year? Why didn't they do it after the only sixteenth season? Why didn't they do it then? I mean, it's just, I don't know. Cleveland does Cleveland. It is what it is, but it's not shocking, but but whatever. So so, so, so basically, who who would come in and coach Cleveland? I know Cleveland has some assets. They got first mm-hmm. round picks galore. They got the first picks in the first three rounds for the next two or three seasons. They got all those assets. And they got finally got a guy who's a franchise quarterback. I, you know, you know, I think that uh, Mason is that guy. I really do think he's that guy. Um, and they got talent on defense, and uh-huh. you know they did a great job drafting. So it's not like it's not an attractive job. They just got a terrible ownership. But having said yes. all that, who do you think could coach this squad going forward? Who you who, know what? Who do you think would coach it? I, I have no idea. It's all depending upon who this GM that they just brought in likes. And, yeah. you know, this is a copycat league. My guess is that they probably end up going young. You know, we've seen um, Sean McVay t- get a job. We've seen uh, Sean McVay get a job. And we're already seeing what, what – uh, uh, Hiring a a a retread is doing, especially even if it's a retread yeah. that that bird decides out in your spot with uh with uh-huh. John Gruden. Right. You don't want to bring in an older guy who would want to have control, especially this GM who seems like he might be a control freak. Excuse me. Yep. Because of who he fired, and the fact that he didn't even want Greg Williams to be the interim head coach, it's going to be another um. Uh, 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 up and coming coordinator, potentially young, somewhere be not older than forty five, that they're going to go ahead and hire as a head coach. Um, I just don't have any idea of who it's going to be yet. It'll be interesting to see who, what they do, because of course they're going to go and have to go ahead and start from scratch in terms of coaching uh, Baker Mayfield and trying to bring in uh, talent to play alongside him. But they already have a, a quality D. They've had a decent defense over the past couple of years. It's just whether or not they're going to be able to um, bring in a coordinator to keep them up to snuff like they've done in the past. Because if, if they find everybody else, that means Greg Williams is out of a job too at the end of the year. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if he stays. But I don't know if he stays under a, a, a different regime, though. So it'll be interesting to see what D coordinator they bring in as well as his new head coach. Okay, one one last quick thing. What do you think about the rumors about McCarthy leaving Green Bay to coach the Browns? I mean, because he has Ooh. connections to Dorsey and Wolf and the people in that organization, the front office, he has 
from any connections with them. And he and Eric Rogers have been on the house for reported for a long time. So what do you think about that? Give me that quick too. You know what? Um, it's a possibility that could be the case if, the, if their bridge is burning. Um, I, I heard something earlier today that I thought would, that thought was an interesting theory, especially with the trades that Green Bay has gone through with getting rid of Ty Montgomery. And also you forgot about HaHa Curtin Dix being traded to the yeah. Skins. It's a, you know, yep. they, Green Bay is like Pittsburgh. They only like paying certain people. And if your last name ain't Matthews or Rogers, the chances of you getting paid are slim. And what they're mm-hmm. probably attempting to do is the same thing they did in Green Bay. Well, not Green Bay, I'm sorry, in New Orleans, which is to keep their quality QB, draft well, and bring in young free agents to go ahead and play alongside this young QB who can build up quality receivers because we've seen nothing but guys who have, quote, unquote, come from out of nowhere to play well with Aaron Rodgers and you know that he can potentially continue to do it to do, to do that. The thing is, they're going to have to get a, a good running back out there. Yeah, it just and then it also depends upon what happens with the coach situation. If McCarthy decides he wants to stay yeah. out there, he'll probably do it. But um, yeah, if, if if what you're saying is true, and he moves on to um to Cleveland, then of course that means he's going to have to make nice with uh with Baker as well, or they're going to have to hit that QB reset button again. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Hey, I appreciate you joining me. Short notice. Uh, I won't have. I won't. It won't be. It won't like uh, like we won't have long hiatus between us tipping up anymore. Uh, so that's my bad <laughs> on that. But uh, but man, it's all not just yours, mine too. There you go. There you go. So uh, we'll do this next week, brother. Take care. Yeah, sir. All right, peace out. That's my guy, Dwayne Ash. Please check him out on Sleazy Radio. That's now on Facebook Live. I think you said it was Tuesday. Uh, so please check him out there as well. Uh, Sleazy Sports. I'm mean, not Sleazy Sports, but uh, uh, y'all says HBC Sports. We're asking for all things HBC Sports. Thank you all for tuning in on this Halloween night. I hope you all didn't eat too much candy. But anyway, this is Scott Bush, the Clown, signing off. Oh, six. Good night. <laughs>